Lighthouse family, Ocean Drive. A very good morning to you. Yes, it is Thursday already. Hmm. Um, I recall towards the last part of the last year, people saying, oh, uh, we're going to have a very long January. Well, that's what it used to be like. But these days, no one is waiting for anyone. So what have you been up to? My name is Eno Ugbevire. I was watching uh, something yesterday. Searching was the title of the movie. It was about a child who had lost the mother and was living with the father. I don't know, something went wrong somewhere. We're not sure, but what happened? The father was having a conversation with another person who happens to be a mother. Okay, so the child had gone missing, all right? So they're having this conversation. And the mother asked the, the father, do you know your child's friends? And the man started thinking. <laughs> there and then, do you know your child's friends. You know what? He realized he did not know anyone. A child that was going to secondary school, she was under 16, she's gone in 17. So I started thinking about us, parents, and even siblings. Do you know your child's friends? If your child were to go out today, Thursday, and not return, oh, quite naturally, you go to the police station to report. But aside that, where do you know that you can go to to find them? Who do you know that you can go to to ask and they will tell you, oh, I know where it is. Or um, I heard him talking about, you know, this or that. And, and one of the things that came out during, you know, the investigation was that the girl who really loved music lessons had stopped taking music lessons for six months. She used to play the piano. I mean, she loved it. It was her life. But she had stopped attending music classes for six months. You know what six months is? Half a year. And the father had no idea. So the father, the first thing the father did was check their last chats because he had been chatting with her and she was not responding. So he checked and she said she was going for study group and before that music classes. So she, he called the music teacher. So the teacher said, well, I'm in the middle of a class. What is it? Said, can you give the phone to my daughter? Does your daughter want to get back to music classes? The father said, I don't understand. And the teacher said, well, she's been away from classes. She stopped six months ago. And the father used to give her a hundred dollars, I think every month. And sometimes he would take a picture, you know, so there was a photo he had taken, you know, and sent to her. The hundred dollars was on, um, on the table and he went back to it. And so she'd been collecting the money, but she had not been using it for music classes. So where was the money? He discovered that she had opened an account and she was putting the money in the account. So what was it for? He had no idea. So he checked through her pictures on social media, friends, friends, calling up the people. Then he realized that she wasn't really friends with anyone. There was this, um, was it Tumblr? He went there, checked as well, short videos, all of them. Um, the normal child that he knew was looking very unhappy, you know, in all the videos. She was um, talking with someone and she said, oh, I think where you are is far better than being here. And he couldn't understand. And he thought he knew his daughter. He thought everything was fine, you know? They used to have breakfast or dinner together once a week because, you know, school schedule and his work schedule. So, but they would sit and, you know, just, and he realized he didn't know anything. He didn't know anything. So I, I thought about it and I realized that when I was in school, university, my father didn't come to visit me once. In a way, someone would say, oh, but he trusted you. You know, he had brought you up well, blah, 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 blah. But those, that was a particular thing that I thought about as an undergraduate and as a graduate. Why is it that my father never visited me in school? Was my school too far? But I was there. I know he visited my sister, okay, my eldest sister, 
um, my brother, my mom was there. They were, they were pretty close to home too. But even at that, I mean, I was a child. I was a person. I was studying as well. How come he never took a plane to come visit me? And many of us are here. Our children are here, but we don't know where they live on campus or off campus. I know we had issues of parents um, not wanting to come to school because their kids are ashamed of them. I mean, we had incidents in school. The mother would gather the produce that she had, you know, farmed and bring to school and the girl would deny the mother and walk away and leave the woman standing there perplexed. Sometimes the daughters would leave home in my color and mother would get to school and daughter is as bright as the sunlight. And the mother is saying, she's black, dark skin. And they're saying, well, uh, the person you're describing actually you know, fits her, her description, but she, this one is light skin. Are you sure? <laughs> hey, imagine that. And I'm wondering if your child were to leave the house today and not return, would you know exactly where to go to, who to ask? I mean, you're sure, 100% sure that if I ask this person, they can tell me exactly what's gone wrong with my child. Even the church, church kids, those ones, their, their own level of secrecy is out of this world. Church kids, because they know you want them to be a certain way, they are that certain way so you can see and just shut up and get off their backs. But their lives, most of them, totally different. You can't even start to understand. And today where kids are under a lot of pressure to use drugs, the boy is 17 and all he's been made to believe is that all you measure a man with is his penis. So it's enhancement, sex enhancement. He's 17 year old. And I keep asking, I've never seen any awards all my life where they're saying, oh, the man that has lasted longest. I mean, who was measuring the activity and the time in bed? I don't get it. And they're young girls and they're all caught up in drugs because they're boyfriends. A boy that can't feed himself, he's been fed by his parents. That's, that's your life ambition. You're just stuck on him. You love him. Love, oh love. I know, at, at that age, you can be very stupid, young and stupid. But at the same time, they're caught up in habits that many of us, if we're here, we can have a heart attack. Our children, we do not know. We're knocking our heads on the door, on the floor, we're praying. Die, die, die. And the children are there, they're lost. Under your roof, they're already lost. Your son is a serial rapist. You have no idea. Your daughter perhaps has been raped many times. You have no idea. They can't talk to you because you're holier than thou. What were you doing, dear? That kind of short shots get you wearing. This year haircut, I'm not understanding. I mean, you are young ones and they're fads, you know, in every generation. Sometimes it's the haircut, sometimes it's the swagger, sometimes it's something. There's always something. So you know that some of these things are normal, but beyond that, who is your child? Do you know your child? Do you know what they get up to? Do you know who they associate with? Or you're just paying school fees and they're coming home with grades and you think, oh wow, voila, everything is fine. We need to pay attention. You know why? You would wake up one day and realize that, in fact, you didn't have children because you don't know them. You don't know what they're capable of doing. They're doing well in school, mm -hmm. is that all? That's just one aspect of their lives. And many kids try to keep up or they look for ways to just come out with good grades. But aside that, they have deep-seated issues. We need to pay attention to our children, know what they're doing, know who they're hanging out with, know what they're getting up to. Um, so there was something on social media a few days ago that caused a lot of um, opera as usual. You know, people are idle. They don't have anything they're doing. So anything that comes, they'll just jump on it, pedal, 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 and they're not being paid. If you were in their cage and you're being paid for a per click, that's a different thing. So it was a musician, they called Burner Boy, and there's a video, uh, yeah, they said there was a video. I didn't see the video, I saw the photo. He was smoking um, marijuana and his mother was there. Ah, ah, ah. Was there panting like dogs? And I said, is it not better 
that his mother knows what her son gets up to than he's pretending. I'm sure they can have conversations about this thing you're taking, you know, they can have those conversations. Not, not in um, a conf- confrontational manner or, you know, um, what's the word now? Not trying to demean the child or trying to make the child feel guilty. No guilt tripping, you know, just having a conversation. Um, can you tone it down? Can you, or, you know, there's a way you can help the child, you know? Yes, but Bernard is a man already. So I'm talking about younger children that we can still help. Even older ones can, sometimes they just need your attention. And because you're not getting it, they go wild. I, I had friends in school who were Miri Amaka at home. Their skirts were the longest. <laughs> you don't even see their ears or their hands. They are that covered. Then when they get to school, they are wild. I mean, wild. All shades of wild. But they still keep their house clothes so that when their parents are going to visit, they would enter the clothes and become meek and mild. I would prefer as a parent to know what my child is getting up to. If they're taking drugs, whatever it is, I would like to know other than deceive myself and let them, you know, fall deep, deep, deep into a pit that it would be difficult or almost impossible to get them out. Here, we don't have any counseling or the counseling takes place in church. Even if the person isn't qualified because they have a church or they work in a church, then you just push your kids to them. Sometimes they need professional people that understand these things that can talk to them in a language you can understand that would not bind or cast or anything just listen just oh deliverance then you take your daughter there then they rape her she can't tell you because you don't even trust her you think she's evil she needs to you know to get the devil out of her and she won't tell you many children being abused right under their parents nose they don't know and they will never find out because here we don't talk you talk and mm. you that was setting body for the man the way she was walking up and down in that compound she was looking for something and the boy child is the same excuse. And many of us know that our children are abusers and we cover them. Do you know your children? Do you know their friends? Do you know what they get up to? Do you really, really know them? Something we need to think about. My name is Anor Ugbevire. I have a dream. Do you have a dream? Yes, the dream you had when you were proposing to her and you told her that this is the life I'll give you. This is the life we'll have together. What's going on with that one? Or the dream that you had when you thought about starting a family. What's up with that one? And the dream that you had that you were going to become a professor. You're going to read, read and, you know, bag a PhD. What dream do you have? Oh, that you're going to start a business in 2017, 18, now 19. What is that dream that you have? That you're going to live abroad? Oh, that you're going to mind your own business. <laughs> that has to be the most difficult dream ever, minding your own business. We have people that all they do is mind other people's business and they have no time to focus on their own lives. And then they wake up and they wonder, what happened to mine? Well, something happened. You were minding other people's business and life happened. So what is that dream that you have? My name is Enor Ugbevire. So this morning, as I normally do, I put on my my favorite movie of Forever and Ever, The Greatest Showman. And in one of the scenes, uh, the woman is home with the kids and the man returns from work and the man shows her a letter. And in that letter, he's been sacked. And she said, well, you never liked that job before. Oh my goodness, what a way to receive such information. But two things for me, 
One is that it's a new year and whether we like it or not, some businesses are going to fold up. If you're affected, how would you cope? If you're affected, your boss comes to work one day and says, well, this is it. I'm relocating. Um, I don't have anyone here I can trust to run my business. So I'm closing it down. All of you have to go. Thank you for your time. How will you receive that message? Because it's going to happen to someone. Ah, God forbid. I hear you. So if you wanted to start that business or you wanted to start something extra or you wanted to improve yourself in a certain way, either getting a certification or something and you're still dragging your feet, what will become of you if you're let go from your place of work today or this month or maybe next month? Or maybe when it's time for school fees or rent. So you have the idea, you have what it takes to get it started, but you're still dragging your feet. Life doesn't wait for anyone. And talking about that, you know, it came to mind again. Uh, we talked a bit about children yesterday and it came to mind again this morning. Uh, many of us believe that outsourcing our children is the best way to get them to listen or behave better. But I'm here to disappoint you this morning. You did not have that child because of that pastor or that imam or that counselor or that teacher. You had a child because you wanted to have a child. And many of us have failed in such a way that our children don't respect us. We've lost the respect that they had as children. Now they're older and wiser and they're seeing that we have failed as parents. Uh, people fail and um, they try again. I knew someone was listening yesterday morning and person was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm done for. I've totally, no, no, no. You can pick up from where you are and start again, try again. Because children are humans, just as we are humans, uh, we can still try to reconnect with them where we stopped parenting, where we stopped being their friends, where we stopped um, loving them the way that we should. When we just became a critical person in their lives, all we do is criticize, run them down, tell them how terrible they are, how they've failed compared to their friends. Look at, look at that one, look at that one. Chief of comparison, all you do is compare your kids with other people's children. We also fail to realize that if we turn the spotlights, if the children have to now compare you with other people's parents, uh, you, you might just commit suicide. Yes, because many of us have failed in providing for them we have failed not just providing material things or school fees yes i thought about school fees and i laughed because many of us are quick to want to celebrate ourselves for paying school fees but i wonder how many times have you gone to your boss's office after you receive a salary to say oh god thank you for paying salary ah, oh god you did try thank you ah, thank you but we want our wives to do so we want our children to do so we want everyone around us to worship us uh, when we pay fees fees is once in three months, right? Or thereabout. So I thought about it. How many of you have ever, or you do that consistently? Every time your boss pays you money, you go to him. I mean, salary. And you thank him profusely. But before the woman talks in the house, starts shouting, did your children, are they not your children? Didn't you sleep with her to give birth to the children? They are your children. Your activity has brought forth a very good thing that can talk and walk and has sense. So yeah, you have to pay, keep paying it forward. So when it comes to comparison, for those of you who are very gifted in doing so, running down your children and your spouse, comparing them to other people, uh, let's turn the tables this morning and see how you have failed woefully as a human being. Any of you still can't keep the house in order, can't keep your stuff in order, your money, mm -mm, nobody even sees where it goes. At work, you're not even the best or one of the best in the community. Psh. So where? Where, where, where is it coming from? That pride, that boastfulness, running down your family members. And sometimes you wonder why your kids are turning out the way they're turning out. Find out what you've been depositing in them. The kinds of nasty things you tell them. 
the way you punish them. I was talking with someone and the person was telling me about correcting and punishment. <laughs> oh, I smiled. It was very enlightening. Yes, because he was telling me that the rod of correction is what he, he used, you know, when he had to sometime in the past. The rod of correction, not the rod of punishment. But many of us go all out to punish. We treat our kids like armed robbers when they, you know, they make a mistake. But we still make mistakes in our adulthood. We make terrible mistakes. A figure that you miss in the bank or in the office, putting a document together, you miss one digit or you thought you wrote eight and you wrote three. Then there's 500 grand missing or there's 5 million missing because of your mistake. Nobody blows that one in the house. Nobody talks about it. But here we are running down people that we should be building up. I mean, you want to ask yourself with my partner, is your life better because I'm in it? I'm not talking about providing. Anybody can provide for anyone. If, forget it. If it's that one. Anybody can. Somebody can come now and take up your bills till you die. It's possible. But there are other ways, there are other things that, that give meaning to a relationship of any kind than Naira and Kobo or dollar and cents. Those are the things we're talking about. When the person can just think about you and break into a smile because they're grateful. They know that you're salt in their lives. You're adding value, meaning. They know that they can rely on you. They know you're there. Do you know what it is to be able to call a person and just complain for 30 minutes and you're listening? Or you get home after a hard day's work and your terrible boss, yes, there are some terrible bosses, has given you a very hard time and you have someone's arms to run into. And they're not condemning you. They're not saying, eh, Shibi, I've been telling you, you will not listen. See now. Because sometimes, yes, we get overwhelmed and we react. We, we cross lines, you know. But they just listen. They just hug you and they listen. They listen. They let you cry. They let you, whatever you want to do, groan. They let you complain, yell. And they don't condemn you. They know that the life outside is hard. So the home is a place for you to come back to their arms, come back to their ears. They listen. They understand. And why are you coming back now? Why are you just calling now? Why are you bringing this thing now? Sometimes we overlook the effort that people make. Sometimes we need to just look at the effort they put into doing what they're doing or they, they you know, they do for us. Because it's another weekend, we'll gather tomorrow, maybe tonight at home, and many homes will just be like flatmates. We don't, there's no love, there is no bond, there is nothing. The kids are just there, they wake up, they go, they eat, you know, the parents are just there looking the other way. There is no bond, there is no togetherness. If anybody in that, in that, in that place under that roof wants to get sucker, it's not among anyone in the house. It's not within. They don't find it within. They always go without. We are supposed to cover. The home is a covering. A relationship is a covering of any kind. I'm working here. My relationship here with my this office, they're providing me a covering. A covering that helps me pay my rent. A covering that helps me pick up my bills. A covering that helps me, you know, meet amazing people. A covering that helps me live every day because I come alive every time the microphone comes on. It's a covering that makes me believe in myself and the work I do and the value I add to God's children. It's a covering. Man fences uh, where you have to. Build bridges where you have to. We are humans. Uh, we are frail. Uh, yes, sometimes we make mistakes, but then again, it's what humans do. A very good morning to you. My name is Eno Ogbeviri and we rise to wisdom. We're going to talk about the parable of the great banquet. So this one is from the book of Luke chapter 14, 15 to 23. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feasts in the kingdom of God. So this is the story. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. 
but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to coming so that my house will be full. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But all they alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. Another servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. The master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to coming so that my house will be full. Master story. As a human being, not only you waka come till you die. When you die, only you go waka go. Um, you cannot put pressure on your children to care for you or to give you money or anything. Yeah, the people you will do good to that will do you evil, but uh, you report you sow, not where you sow. I, I ask people, especially those that like to quote the Bible, Abraham, whom you say is your father, left for his children's children up till now. <laughs> Abraham was that man that decided when his son would marry. He was that man that gave the servant enough to lure any woman to come be with his son. Father, father. Just imagine that. The father organized with the servant, say, take these gifts. Any woman that has, you know, if she sees this one, she can't say no. And when the servant got there, he presented them to the girl's family and she followed. So that's Abraham. And it went on and on and on and on. And today you still sing Abraham's blessings are mine. That's a father. I think it's in the book of Psalms. He leaves an inheritance to the fourth generation. That's like, let's say 400 years. If everybody lives up to 100, that's 400 years. Yes, um, it is okay to care for a person who's shown you love, but you did not send them. Those children you are referring to this morning, they did not phone you. Papa, born me now. Born me now. Because if we had choices, I mean, I, I, would, I know the family I would like to have come from. Yeah, my father was amazing. But I mean, you know now, you know, you know. If we had choices, I mean, what's wrong with a yacht? Me, me getting on a yacht or, you know, a chopper dropping me off. Come on, who likes stress? Nobody likes stress. You're a caretaker. They're not your own. You're a caretaker. So they're in your care so that you will help them become like God. QED. But we also come to realize that children learn by example, not by talk. That's why if you tell your child, make your daddy. He will not mimic what his daddy says. He will walk the way his daddy walks. Not the swag of the man. The child will replicate it. Maybe mimic his voice. But it's not what it's not a do what I say. It's a do what I do thing for kids. Even for adults. When your father is here, can look at this one. I bet we know. Back. Because kids can see. And they learn from what they see. So as God's children who 
begged, some of us begged to have children. Some of us won't stop having sex because we wanted to have children. And now the children have come. As a human being, I believe that the whole matter of a child in the hands of a person is to make them be like God. The end of discussion. And there are many ways to make a person like God. In the Bible, if you look at the life of Jesus, he was redeemed. He knew things. He was engaging the elders in the temple. That is not a dull child. Yeah, you might say he was divinity, but also I'm sure he learned. He read the books that, you know, were before him. He obeyed his father. He learned. His father had work. Mm-hmm. His father, Joseph, had work. Oh, Joseph had work. Had a workshop. Was even his own CEO. Had his own business. Yes, now, Joseph had his own business. Was a carpenter. Had his own company. Be following the gist now. Follow it well. Don't get me started. So, there are things that you must provide for a child so that they can become like God. A king's child is brought up two thoughts in the way of royalty. You know, if you, if you read, follow history, that's how they're tutored a certain way. There are books they must not read. There are books they must not see. And there are books they must read. There are things they must know. There are ways they must behave. Lineage. So the Bible is the book. You say you're a Christian. I'm sorry, I don't know much about the Quran. I'm, I'm that lazy. I haven't read that, that much. But the one I know. And there, there's everything there. Train up a child in the way he should go. So you're supposed to provide direction uh, with the book. So there's a manual with the book. The end is that the child that you give birth to, when they grow, when you look at them, they are like God on earth. Dominion, creation, I mean everything that God is, they are. Just that they answer your last name. So once that is your goal, and you too, the God that they see, show them how the God in heaven that you believe in is, uh, you won't have any issues really. Yes, they're still humans, but they will be like God in every way that you show them how. All right, the parable is about the banquets. Yes, so Luke 14 from verse 15, give great banquets. The man had a feast. For a man to have a feast, know that the man is happy. He's, you know, content. He invited many guests. Yes, so he had stretched forth his hands to guests. They didn't say if the guests were rich or poor. I don't know where people are getting that from. <laughs> but at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. Today you'd have maybe done SMSs or, you know, made calls. Uh, but they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field. I must go see it. Please excuse me. The other said, I've just bought five. Okay, maybe because they sound that they bought something, you think that's... They have means. But the other ones that I got married, so I can't come. The master becomes angry and says, go to the streets, the alleys, bring in the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. The man prepared. He invited people. So he can say he was a good man. Everything was ready. Then he said, those I've invited, come. Many people are in this situation. They're inviting their friends to come join them in business. Their friends are giving excuses. And because of that, they would not, they would not venture. You're going to hold yourself back because the person you hoped will do business with you um, isn't forthcoming right now. Many of us, have we've been there. We've walked away from great opportunities because our friends did not get on board with us. Uh, many want to make a decision because they didn't get the nod of a particular person. They draw back. This is a classic example. The people he invited made excuses. Many times we prepare things for people and they make excuses. Uh, a young person, you want to help them, come then they start making excuses. An older person, you want to help them, come. Even your friend who's in need, you're saying, come, let me do this for you. Everything is now ready. Then they remember that their mother died. They want to go and see their dead mother in the village. Or they remember that they bought something. Or they remember that there's something. They're just something. Then they make excuses. And this for me is also wisdom. The thing you need is calling you to come. You know, you're making excuse every day, excusitis. 
oh sorry I have to do this I have to do that and you're walking far away from the solution that has been provided I like that you mentioned the poor also and many of us are poor we're crippled we are lame and we are blind we have hands we have ears we have I mean we're full body complete but physically but we are poor we are crippled we are blind and we are lame and life in many ways every day calls us to come to the feast everything is now ready but because we do not turn up we give excuses and we keep walking away the man got angry said bring all of them bring everyone and the servant said what you ordered has been done but there is still room and he said go compel them to come in so that my house will be full it says um the ornaments of gold silver bronze and wood they all will fill the house but it's your decision to make what would you do